Welcome to this uh, week's edition of the Breakdown Podcast. I'm really looking forward to this chat because it's a rare weekend for New Zealand rugby where there's no Super Rugby that's done. The All Blacks have got a week off. There's a couple of Pacific Nations games going on, but they don't involve, don't involve New Zealand teams. So it's time to reflect a little bit and maybe look forward and look at Rugby World Cups in the past, look at one we've got coming up in France, look at the All Blacks and particularly the outside back division. If I want to do all of that, the best person I could recruit this week is Israel Dag. Before we start looking at your experiences, my experiences, what might happen in France, let's talk about 2023, Izzy, for the All Blacks. They're two tests down, two big tests down. Do you like what you see? First of all, Goldie, thanks so much for having me. I think I was the last man left standing, so I'll kind of last cab on the ranks. <laughs> hey, mate. But, uh... no. <laughs> hey, uh, I appreciate it. Look, yeah, I'm excited. Um, there was a lot of apprehension heading into this All Black series because it's been a disruptive year, you know, coaches saga, the Silver Lake deal. There's just been a lot going on in the background. But now we put that to bed, we can focus on this All Blacks team and whether or not they can go to France and compete. And from what I saw, I could take a lot of confidence out of it. Look, there's still a little bit of tweaks, you know, guys coming back from injuries that are potentially going to be a part of this team. But it's the way that they're going to be able to play this game to compete in France. I saw glimpses in Argentina that I've seen positive signs, and in particular, probably 30, 40 minutes of that South African game. For the game, the style, we're able to play that we can play against those big physical sides. The question marks are is, is you know, where does Will Jordan fit? Where's his best suited? Uh, the back three, you've got um, Will Jordan on the wing, Bowden Barrett, who I thought had, had a quiet, probably super rugby to his standards, but he's been given the nod. And we've saw glimpses, uh, Goldie, of why Fozzie has been staying true to that dual pivot playmaker. Him and Bowden Barrett, Richie Morgan and Bowden Barrett, have finally figured out where they can both have the biggest impact in the game and not trying to step on each other's toes. This is Richie Moonga's team. He's been given the keys. Now Bodie's fitting around that. And then that moves Will Jordan. And if you're playing too bloody good on the wing, you're going to stay there. So I think that piece of the puzzle's figured out. But it's the left wing, mate. The left wing, whereas I have a little bit, I'm a little bit unsure. You know, Mark Tillier, we know how good he is in the air and we know how good he is with the ball. But defensively, gets called out a wee bit. Um, if he can assure that up, then he'll have a good opportunity. Leicester firing a Niku going over the north. Do we stick with that? Give someone else options? Look, there's, there's a ton of things we can debate. But uh, from what I've seen, mate, I'm happy. Yeah, I look at this. And, and before we get dig deep into this all-black squad and, and what they're going to do in literally two weeks' time, let's yep. talk about what it takes to win a rugby World Cup. And you've been there, and you've been part of the team that's done it. I've been to two myself, and neither time did we find the way to get over the hump. Now, that was a transition between the amateur game and the professional game, and clearly clearly the All Blacks moved on and developed and learned. It took us a while, 03, 07. Mm. You know, um, 11, it was a, a comprehensive one-point win at Eaton Park against France in a final. But if you start thinking about all the pieces of the puzzle and what it took for your group to get over the hump, Right? Is there something you see in that group that this this team needs to understand? And the fact I see that Dan Carter, Richie McCaw have been more visible, yeah. more present with this group. Are they trying in some ways maybe to tap on some of that previous success? 
Yeah, oh, definitely. Those are the guys that have been there in, in both examples. They've been there when it hasn't gone great. They've been there when they've had success. So they know from the mistakes that they've made in 07 and, and 03, you know, what went wrong. So they'll be, they'll be you know, t- tapping into that IP that those blokes are able to offer. For, for me, it's, it's just basically you've got to get the mix right. You know, you're going to a World Cup and you've got 30-odd players that need to have utility factor, but then they need to have um, a class about them. And you need a bit of luck, Goldie. You know, you need yeah. a hell of a lot of luck to win a World Cup. Anything can happen. Like, you slip up once, and it could potentially be all over. So you need to be on the money with everything. Look, it's, I, I think it's a more of a... For me, from my experience, from being in New Zealand, I only played at home, so it was probably different to travelling and being in a different arena. But it's just a, it's mentally grueling. You've got eight weeks in the hotel with the pressures just right on. It is intense, and it's whether you can withstand that pressure for eight weeks. If you're lucky enough to go on and be there for eight weeks, you're going to win the World Cup. So I, I think the, the mix has got to be important, the style that they've got to play this game. Um, whether they can, that first 30 minutes against the Springboks, they played error-free, fast, quick ball, the ruck was on, everything was just happening. It was high-paced. Can they play that for 70 minutes every single game? Because that's the game they need to play to beat South Africa. Because when South Africa got on top of them, slowed it down, went to the set-piece, Bought the changes on and absolutely got stuck into those rucks. And uh, yeah, when when they slow it down, that's the only reason I can see us getting tripped up. Can we play that high pace game for eighty minutes? Well, but we don't need to, mm. I mean, because ultimately, even when you were playing and I was playing, and I think through that great era, which essentially was, you know, probably two ten through to two seventeen, you you only needed twenty five minutes of that because mm. it would generate. 35 to 40 points. I mean, that's what it does when you're playing at that level, right? Like if you did that for 80 minutes, you talk, that's virtually impossible. That's the perfect game. And very (laughs) rarely does the team get that, right? So ultimately it's about us being able to create that highest tempo Mm. and then almost realize four or five of those opportunities into points. And that's been in some ways, I I think the difference that, that that group that, 2011 2015 even did it better let's be honest away from home i mean they just they just they could create points out of anywhere and and it was and it was relentless and they were playing probably a good 25 to 35 minutes of that quality and and no one's going to stay with that group um you know so i sort of look at that and when you talk about um it's a grind and and i couldn't agree more because Mm -hmm. ultimately the two test uh two world cups i went to in 95 and 99 that's where we failed yeah is that when it came down to it, and look, 95 was a unique set of circumstances. And, you know, South Africa, in South Africa, the things yeah. that had affected our team, which weren't, we weren't quite on top of our physical peakness, which meant we couldn't mentally deal with the occasion. And we went within inches of, you know, winning a Rugby World Cup. And 99 was very much a case of when it came down to it, um, we got shocked. 2007, yeah. I think, was probably very similar. Yeah. We got shocked and we weren't able to work our way out of it, to work our way through it. We didn't have the leadership and experience and the balance you're talking about to get it right. So, you know, how much of it comes down to the personnel that you're talking about mm. having a single, I suppose, that that drive, that motivation, that focus 
so that they don't get distracted over the course of six or seven weeks. That they don't they don't use it in the first month. It's the last month, right? That counts. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's important. Like, because the young guys, we've, we've tripped up. We've always been overseas, a long way from home, a long way from home. The young guys will get five weeks in and potentially have one eye on the on the on the airport. Hopefully, getting home. But the reality is, they've got to stay there. They've got to stay on. So, guys that have been there, twenty fifteen, that is probably our most. Debatable, our successful World Cup. We've gone to England. We've got everything right. The combination of leadership that have played a ton of tests, the young guys coming through, the young, um, exciting players that bring a different perspective to the game. So the guys that are really going to have to stand out for this are the guys being there in 2015. Dane Coles, your Aaron Smiths, your Bowden Barretts, um, and your Samuel Whitelocks, your Brody Retallicks, guys that know what it takes to win a World Cup that will be able to allow these younger crop of players to go over there and play. So for me, I don't think it's – my personnel counts, but I think it's more up here. If we can get it up here and understand that we're in this for the long haul, mate, there's some success at the end that awaits you. It's going to take a lot of hard work. but uh, And just going back to what you spoke about, Goldie, one thing I was really impressed in that South African game was when the pressure went on, the ability to withstand that pressure and stay in the fight. And I was listening to you on the breakdown post that test match, talking about that situation. You know, the teams before probably would have crumbled under that pressure, gave away a ton of points, allowed South Africa to get in the game. They got it back in the game, but we scored a few tries and got out of it. So, yeah, a lot of positives from it, mate. I'm I'm excited for France. And I suppose one of the things I look at it is you want to get and build some momentum. We actually finished 2022 really well. Yeah. There was that, that period where, and I, I've tried to remind people of the fact that, yes, we play well in Auckland. I get that. But we actually demolished Ireland in the first test match last year when we actually had the squad that we wanted to play against them. And in circumstances, and one of the key cogs of that that didn't play was Scott Barrett for the rest of that series. And you start going, I'm not sure we knew who we were. Mm. And... It was the moment that you sometimes you need a catalyst, right? Mm. You need something that that upsets you know your future, and then you lose to Argentina, and then the pressure's really on, and then it's the hold on, you know, is this the right direction we're going? Yeah. And it forced them to make some courageous decisions. And to your point about balancing that experience with the guys who are new, like quite often you've you've still got a number of guys remembering who went through two thousand and nineteen. That's their learning experience, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Girardi Savias, your Sam Keynes, yeah. all those guys. That's that's their learning experience. You've got the guys who have tasted success in 15, and now we're at 2023, and, and we've got some guys like Samasoni Tokiaho. Oh, we actually got a whole front row. We've got a whole front row. <laughs> and Ethan DeGroot and Tyrell Lomax, who, who actually you get the sense have been almost the game changers for us. Mm. Is the fact when I watch a stalemate at scrum time against the Springboks, my, my, my belief elevates. I sit there and go, well, if we can handle them. You we know, when outside back gets excited when that's happening, eh, brother? Well, yeah, because because I'm thinking that's what they're seeing. That's what Will Jordan's seeing. And that's what, you know, um, whether it's Talia, that's what Bowden Barrett at the back is seeing is going, we've got a platform here. So so they're not, we're not going to be going backwards. We're mm. going to be holding our own at, at scrum and, and, and lining up more. And yeah, they scored one. But I just, I look at this group and, you know, since since the, that period and the change of coaches, you have to give credit where credit's due. And the coaches yep. now have had more time. You know, all of a sudden, this looks like a different all-black team. And is this not, is this not the great thing about 
the international game right now, the margins between all of these teams are so very, very small. And we've we've just started to, I think, scratch the surface of our capabilities. If we can stay healthy, to yeah. your point, I look at this tournament now and go, you know, I, probably I didn't, I, I probably haven't felt, I'd probably felt, I'm feeling more confident this time round. Same. Possibly <laughs> than I am last time round now. Like, look at what we've got, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've got it. We've got the right mix, and what I love is we've got X Factor throughout the team, but we've got players that really just want to get their heads into some dark places, play dirty, just hit rucks, do what's needed, and run really hard, solid lines. And we're finally seeing our six. You know, a six that is slowly putting his hand. It's taken a few years, Goldie. It's been the debate for a very long time. When are we going to see the six that's going to have a performance that we can choose? So you've got a Shannon Frizzell that brings a bit of edge, a something different at the line. He's big, he's fast. And then you've got the the slowly thought back in your mind. You've got Ethan Blackadder. What's he doing? He's playing for Tasman. So there's players that are on the, the fringe that could come in. But what I'm seeing now... Yeah, a year ago when uh, when things were just going pear-shaped, I was like, we're a year out for the World Cup. This could be torturous, but, mate, I've had to jump on the Football Ferns bandwagon. I've had to change my tune on this All Blacks outfit. Um, I'm right behind them, and I think if we can get the mixture right and get our game right, which I've saw signs, we can compete, mate. How good was it seeing our young front rowers hold down a scrum and potentially even... Put, pro, propel them back a little bit, you know, like, yeah, it gives me a lot of confidence. Fozzie got the backroom right. You've seen the real influence of, of Joe Smith and what he's been able to do for this team. Some of the set-piece plays that they focus on has, has, you know, been great guns. And then you've got Jason Ryan and what he's been able to do. The, the challenges, and, and you've probably seen it in the in the games, particularly from the obviously last couple, is that, that rush defence. Have we made enough adjustments with our game, we've seen a bit more kicking, which is a best way to beat the rush defence. That's Bowden Barrett and Richie Muller's influence. You're one coming in, one coming in there, so it's manipulating the defence. But have we got enough adjustments to counteract, counterattack that rush defence? Are you seeing enough? Well, Mike, what I'll say to you is the fact that, and I've always said, I think one of our biggest challenges is selection. Yeah. And there's a way you want to play and a game plan you want to have, but ultimately then it's, it's you've you've got to get the picks right. And what we saw against the Springboks is the ability to control the air. Mm. And yeah. I don't think we've had that for a long, long time. No. The willingness and ability to get up and control the air. And um, I think that was always one of our greatest strengths in the All Blacks was the mm. fact that you, yourself, mm. Ben Smith was a big one for me. Yeah. You know, whether it's receiving or chasing kicks. Everything is a contestable. Yeah. We, but what we've variety we've made is all of a sudden our contestables become in the open field, not amongst a body situation where we relied heavily on a box kick, and it was Aaron Smith, and, and it was contest, and it was contested in both ways, whether you were chasing or whether you were coming forward defensively. We've we've moved that out onto the wings into the open side and said right out this clear air, but we're we're demanding that our outside backs get up and contest. Yeah. Now. But the more comfortable we are with that and the more confidence we have in our ability to negate that from the opposition, the more difficult it is for teams, I think, to put us under pressure because they're mm. waiting for us to make rudimentary errors and fundamental mistakes, which is what the Springboks make. And they're sitting there going, 
oh, we didn't play very well, we played poorly. Well, no, you lost a 50-50 contestable part of the game. So I yep. look at that and going, yes, have we have we learned to deal with um, the, the rush defence? There are elements of the game which have changed mm. um, in regards to the way, for example, that uh, Will Jordan, it, it's, it's actually a return to the old school, brother. It's the ability to overcall and sweep into space. Yeah. Players moving into space versus mm. people's occupying positions. Okay. So the ability for a winger... Or, swept, swept around and they came out can, of that little, their barrier, a little door. Mm. Yeah, but but simply you're adding another number into attacking lines. Yeah. You know, So it can be in, in numbers, it can be in ones and twos or threes, but all of a sudden you, know, you turn a four-on-three into a five-on-three by one player moving in and the, quite often the defence won't shift with them, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, Will Jordan wasn't initially the first receiver. It was actually, I think, going to go to, it might have been to um, uh, Sam Kane or I'm not sure, might even Scott Barrett. He he came into their space and, and you're going, well, he, he, he saw a gap between two props, you know, a prop and a hooker. But it's things like that, our yeah. ability to adapt and guys' willingness to read a situation and that trust that I don't think we've had because the best way to beat a, a rush defence for me is actually with unstructured play. Mm. Because the more structure they, the more structure you they, you have, the easier it is for them to occupy spaces. So, to your, so I, think, I think we have. I've never, I've never thought of it like that, and you've just made me think. Okay, so it's unplanned. When they're getting rushed, is there they've got numbers that are positioned there, so they've got uh, clarification of who they got. You bring a new number, and they're like, yeah, late adjustments. Yeah. I love it. I mean, why does, why does it work for Ireland? It's because they have two layers of attack in the same yeah. channel. So you can't use line speed because you're going, well, I don't know who's receiving the ball, so I can't commit to it, so I can't commit to going forward. And I think that's a critical change. Even rugby league is rugby league's shown, if you look at the way it's played now quite often, they'll use a mass sweep and leave no one on the outside. Yeah. So they'll try and yeah, tighten it I've up. And then yeah, and they'll get you chasing. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then it's like a race. This is like old school kids rugby. It's a race to the corner. No, it is. Yeah. Yeah, and so so you know they got one less men uh, or, or two less men on the field, so it enables rugby league to do it. But all of a sudden, we're starting to see this, you know, um, two players getting connected and changing direction, and whether there's an inside ball, an outside ball, or behind ball, but because they're moving late, all you're doing is getting. And what, what the one thing we you want as a, an attack, right, is you want the defence to move sideways, not yeah. forward. Mm-hmm. If they move sideways, you win the game line, and, and ultimately, if you add in. You know, all of a sudden, uh, Shannon Frizzell and, uh, um, you know, Scott Barrett and, uh, and uh, Samasoni Kokiaho winning the game line with footwork and acceleration, that's just another layer of pressure. So, yep, um, and going back to your original 25 minutes or 20 minutes, that's all we'll need if we do it right. Yeah. It's just if we don't capitalise on it. And yeah. then there's that decision-making, you know. So when I look at this group, uh, and so... You know, everyone's talked so much about South Africa, Ireland, and you know the quarterfinals, and but but on the back of these two performances and the way we've finished, I'm more confident than I've been for a long time that if we get it right, you know, right, and 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 more, but for a long time we haven't come out of the gate. Nah, nah. Now, how important is the fast start for us? It's hugely important. You touched on it, mate. Like, if you're able to get a fast start and up against teams that are full of confidence, that have made a hell of a lot of adjustments in their selections, they come over, they send their team over early, that sows a little bit of doubt. And But you touched on it perfectly. You've got to be able to convert that pressure into points. They got out to a 20 points lead 
20 to nil or something like that. It was absolutely crazy. And what that sows in the opposition's minds is a little bit of doubt, whether they can bring the line speed, whether they can attack that ruck. You know, unforced errors. Deli End, uh, you know, who would have seen him dropping a ball from a goal line kicker? I've never, ever seen South Africa. But that's what pressure does. So, mate, I, I love what you're saying. Um, at the line, another way to repel the, the line speed is to, to use footwork at the line. And that's what they've spoken about uh, a lot, the coaches, is whether they get to a line, we're not going to T-bone. We've got to be we got to be good on our feet, and we saw that when Shannon Frizzell made that move, when made that that break, that, that feet, those quick feet at the line. If you've seen it, like he just moves from off his right, makes a little adjustment really quick, and then explodes through that that line. So, mate, uh, yeah, twenty five minutes they've got to, got to convert the pressure um, and then withstand that pressure because other opposition teams are going to get a moment in the sun and they're going to make changes and the momentum's going to change, and we saw that. And they uh, they made the changes. They withstood it and and got the job done. I never thought I'd see the day that we'd turn into South Africa, though, Goldie. We <laughs> we're not South Africa, but with the way we kicked a lot, like we 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 kicked really well. Our attacking kicks were really good. But then in South Africa, I was talking to Corey Jane about this, and all week we played South Africa. We'd just practice high ball receipts because we knew yeah. that's what they had. Now, for us, we've flipped it on them and said, okay, we practice it every day and we absolutely love it. How do you enjoy it? And we saw the gains that we got out of it. I, I never thought, but, mate, absolutely loved it. We've, we've been relying on Aaron Smith too much. Bowden Barrett, Richie Maunga are getting in there, driving this team really well and uh, making good decisions, which I've, which I've seen and been quite happy with. Yeah, look, we were in a position where we were comfortable not having – Damien McKenzie on the bench. Now, for whatever reason. Now, I'm not I'm not sure that's necessarily their plan going forward. Where I would is be he? surprised. Well, it, I don't I didn't feel as though we needed Caleb Clark on the bench. I didn't yeah. feel as though we needed that with Braden Enor. They obviously felt as though they wanted a wing and they didn't want to have to reshuffle the back line and move Rico out and you know, which I still think is very much a viable option. But I want to I want to look in depth at at the back division. Because we can't select everybody. No. And, you know, Amoni Nadawas had one test match. And actually, actually, before I go into what I've seen, mm. I want to hear what, what you've seen and see whether or not I can counter a different argument or whether you can find room for everybody. Or if you see the selections they've already made, you have to factor in what they might be thinking. Not just who you'd like, what they might be thinking. When you look at the back division and the guys, and let's just say, for argument's sake, that Bowden Barrett is going as a selected fullback. Yeah, he's one of your he's one of your back division. Yeah. Who are the other guys that there are must haves and on the fringe, and probably won't get an opportunity? <laughs> That's a great question, Goldie. Uh, well, Will Jordan's a must have. Will Jordan's a must have. Yeah, of course. He's in there. So Bowden Barrett, Will Jordan. Now there's potentially two positions that are available for one, two, three, four wingers. <laughs> Where do we start? Where... Yeah, two, oh, but there might be three. I mean, I think I think because of, of what Bowden offers you as the third 10, if you said yeah. he was your third 10, you're not, they're not going to take another 10. So quite often most squads will take a, a third 10. So mm. you, you, it does give you room, you know, so... So when you look at it, who's your, who's your next one? Who's who's the next guy that has to get on the plane? 
I'm going to take Amoni uh, Narawa. I'm going to chuck Amoni Narawa in there. I just think with the seasons he's, he's had, he thoroughly deserves an opportunity. And why I say that is, you know, like with World Cups, you need someone that can just do something out of nothing. Look, Nehi Milnoskata, 2015, you know, he just went over there. He lit the World Cup up. He made his mark on the world stage and then injuries kind of prevented him from kicking on. So I see someone like a, a Moni Narawa going over it and providing that randomness to a game. So he'd be my first. And then I'm going to take uh, Lester Fying and I know he's shooting off, which is uh, a decision that he's made. But I think if we're going to have one of the best wingers in the competition in terms of Super Rugby um, available, you have to take him. And I think the reason he gets ahead of Talia and Caleb Clark is defensively. Like, defensively last year in those All Blacks tests, he probably got found out. He got found out a few times, particularly against Ireland, and that was probably his own, only Achilles heel. I think he's made adjustments in that area throughout the seasons. He's realised that you cannot get caught in no man's land, and you've got to really stay connected. So defensively, he's made adjustments. And with the Attacking uh, the the kicking and, and the kick chase kind of area, he's he's relatively good in there. So if we're going to take another one, I'm going to take Mark Talia. I think Mark Talia thoroughly deserves a chance to head over and have a wee crack. The reason I take him is just that X factor. Um, you know what he's able to capable of doing during the uh, Super Rugby before the Blues. Yes, question marks over his. Defense, if he can work that out, he's good chasing the ball, man. And that's what we need, people that can chase the ball and counter um, and get up and put pressure on the opposition. So he gets to nod the hard, like hard man out is Caleb Clark, Goldie. I, I think he's I think he's going to miss out. Uh, yeah, I just think he's, he's had a slow season and I just don't think he gets busy enough. He's not busy enough for me to get around the park and – and and make a difference. So I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. But what would I know, mate? I'm just having a stab in the dark. <laughs> it's not a stab in the dark. It's from your our experiences and, and for forever we've wanted. Am I on the right path? Well, it's funny. It's funny, mate. You don't know how many teams I've picked. Oh, over the last few months. Oh my gosh, how many teams have I picked and selected? And- you know, it's, I mean, it's 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 the reality of the versatility you're talking about. Yeah. Guys who can play multiple yeah. positions. You're looking at what sort of impact guys might have. Um, you know, like one thing that that is encourage will encourage me is hopefully we've got a really clear idea about who our number one team is, and is that team adaptable enough to not have to make selections on who we play. Don't make any allowances for that. Actually just pick our best team and trust that they've got the skill set yep. to negate what the opposition throw at you but play our own game. But but look, I I it's a really hard one because because what we're seeing out of Caleb Clark mm. is is the glimpses, the reminders every so often of how dangerous he can be. But unfortunately that's not quite enough. It's not quite enough for us mm. when we've got relevant relevant guys and other players. And I I, I I think the guy who might, and you're not going to like hearing this, but I think the guy that might be on the fringe right now is Lester Whanganuku. Yeah. Unless, unless for me, it comes down to, so when you do the numbers, right, we're going to take three halfbacks. Because he's leaving? No, no, no. It's just, it's whether or not you can find room. So, so the the, the big assist with Bowden Barrett is, right, you picked five there, right? Yeah, five, yeah. So I took what? I took Will, Bodie, Julia, Fyang and Naku, and Narawa. So there's five. If I was taking and, four, and 
So if I was taking four, what? Four. <laughs> oh my you don't have to take four. You okay. don't have to take four. You can take five. You, yeah, you, take they're not going to take because with Bode, with Bowden Barrett, yeah, that's going to be your five, right? Included in that, you know, those yeah. outsides. So you've actually got room because at the moment you've got Jordy Barrett, David Harvey will return. You got Anton Leonard Band. You got Rico Ioani, right? There's your four midfielders. The 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 big the big talking point will be around. So they've brought in Braden Enor, right? Mm. And so he's been doing a job for them off the bench, and actually the only legitimate, if you think about it, the only legitimate centre cover. Like there's no there's no one else in the group with Anton Leonard Brown being out. There's no one else who can play centre. So yeah. so it's one of those things where. It actually might be a fight between him and Leicester Fying Anuka, who goes, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing so that's, you. That's the ultimate debate you're having here, you know? Yeah. Um, and if I said to you, who would you take out of those two players, who would it be? Oh, that's, that's a hard one. Um, I'd probably take Braden. I'd probably take Braden in, or just because just he can play centre. And he's shown some glimpses towards the end of that Super Rugby season, what he's been able to do at centre. And he can play wing too. Very good defensively. So if you're going to think of utility and you're putting that in there, then Braden's got to go. Yeah. Braden's got to go. Who's Not us. Not us, brother. You know. So who's your number two fullback? Well, Jordan. So, so... Uh, and then Damien McKenzie? And then Damien McKenzie can fill it in. But with Full Jordan playing so well and Bodie playing well, it's Will's a winger. But but Damien can fill it. Damien can fill it, but Will Jordan's... At the start, like, I'm like you. I'll pick this team a thousand times. Start this uh, end of the Super Rugby, Will Jordan fullback for me. All day, out and out fullback. Chuck him in there. Give him a crack. Didn't travel. Bowden gets a crack. Plays well. Plays well again. Headaches. Headaches. Oh, no. <laughs> but I think that I, I see. I, I think in some ways, I see more freedom from Will Jordan on the wing, yeah, and to get himself involved in the game sometimes than you do from fullback because the role is very, very different, you know. And, and that's where I'm sort of looking at it and and and, and going to myself: what is it the, the skill sets and the and the leadership that we, we might need on the field? Now, if we started going. Um, Mark Talia, Amoni Narawa, and Will Jordan at fullback. There's not a lot of experience in there. I mean, there's not a huge amount of experience in the biggest stage against a real challenge. So, you know, I, I'm wondering, you know, we'll get a glimpse again of what might happen uh, this weekend. And, and I'm wondering if the script for all of these players is going to be the Dunedin Test match. Do you, yeah. you, you, whether they put everyone on trial, they go, if, if they win the Bledis low, and it's an if. Can't take anything for granted. Yeah. I don't trust Eddie Jones. I don't trust Australia. But <laughs> if they head to Dunedin with the Bledisloe Cup in, in hand and they name the team two days later, would you would you expect it then, then becomes an all-black trial? Not just for outside backs, but I'm thinking for some loose forwards, um, maybe for locks, uh, um, maybe for a couple of props. You know, would would, I would think that excite trial, you in an afternoon game in Dunedin? I think the trials for the positions will be outside backs, and particularly outside backs. I'm thinking the props, whether what's happening with Joe Moody, is there room still for offer near Paul? I think those two players will definitely be 
on trial. You know, with the way they went against South Africa, will offer even get an opportunity. Uh, I think Locke, we're capable. We're pretty. We're pretty certain there. Hooker roll. I think we're pretty, pretty good there. I heard hold, your... on, hey, hold on, hold on, Lock. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. What, what, I got what, change what, on Lock. Lock. I know. I heard your conversation the other day with Smithy. What, what? I never thought there'd be a day that we wouldn't have Sam Whitelock playing for the All Blacks, but now you're starting to see it. I didn't say. I'm on the bench. I've got him on the bench. I yeah, think, on the I bench. Think, I never thought I'd see him on the bench ever, but I, I was hearing you. I was thinking, mate, you're right. <laughs> well, well, it, the other guys are just better. Like, it's it's no disrespect to what probably our greatest ever lock, you know, mm. in terms of longevity and all those sorts of things and everything he's achieved in the All Black jersey. But sometimes you are allowed when you're older, and you know, to get yeah. overtaken <laughs> by other players. There's no, you don't, you don't own a jersey. You don't the all, you don't own the all black jersey as of right. Nah, nah. You have to prove that you are better than the other players around you. And as much as Sam Whitelock was awesome in the Super Rugby final, yeah. Scott Barrett was awesome for the entire Super Rugby competition. And yeah. and to me, there's one reason that the Chiefs were the the way the Chiefs were is that Brody Retallick was Brody Retallick. And yeah. I look at those two guys and I see already. They are, I think, the best pairing. If you've got a good line-out option at six like Shannon Brazil. if you've got those options, then all of a sudden to me. But I'm, we've still got Josh Lord and Tupai Bai as well. Okay. You can't take five blocks. I take Tupai Bai because I, I just think as, a, as he can play six, play five. Josh Lord, we've seen what? One test. Have we seen enough? You went really well. Don't get me wrong. Went really, really well. But I don't know. If you're thinking of utility, which Scott Barrett's probably covering six and five, but we don't want to see him at six. Probably not. So I think Tupo Vai gets the nod just ahead of Josh Lord. Just haven't seen enough, Goldie. Yep. I, I, I get that, you know. Um, yeah. I see five guys have been released back to play some rugby this weekend, some preseason work, um, predominantly guys out of the Chiefs who haven't had any rugby. Um, Cam Royguard as well. Does that suggest to you they're not going to be involved next week? Uh, not. Oh, I don't think so. They need to be playing. You know, Cam Royguard hasn't played for for ages. You know, Hurricanes got knocked out early. They need to play some games. I, I think we need to have the conversation about Nye because are we are we certain on our on our three halfbacks? You got Aaron Smith locked in. No. And you've got Finlay Christie, Cam Roygaard. You've got Brad Weber at home. You've got Fakatava. You know, you've got halfbacks around the country. And I'm still uncertain. I, I don't know if, who our number two is, who our number three is. Like They've obviously got a lot of trust in Finlay Christie, but is he our man to take us to the World Cup and help Nuggie out? Yeah. Oh, you tell me. I mean, because it's just <laughs> the thing. It's going gonna, it's gonna to get back to them. It'll get back to them if you say anything, is he? Uh, oh, look, I... I'm 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 not convinced that Finlay Christie is the second best halfback in New Zealand. And when I say that, particularly if we lost Aaron Smith, yeah, who's the next best starting halfback in New Zealand? I think it's Brad Weber. Yeah, I Weber. really do. You know, yeah. and that's that's probably the confusing part about all of this is that you know Brad's just gone and played for the All Blacks fifteen, been really good, had two really good turnouts. So you sort of know what you're going to get. But I get the sense we're almost losing a little bit of touch with them. Now, I don't really mind so much because the nature of the way the World Cup uh, draw 
um, plays out for us. Because if he was selected in the squad, he'd then have multiple games if if they needed him to to build towards the quarterfinals. So I'm not really concerned about that. I just I'm just not. I mean, Cam Roygaard and Marshy talked about it last week in the breakdown. We don't know, and if you don't play him, we'll never know. And you know, I would I would like to think that. In saying that, that's why I think the second Blitterslow could be critical. Yeah, that I think- you might. That might be the. You know what? Here you go. You prove you should get on the get on the plane. You know, yeah. um, prove that in one game you could do, give us enough confidence and even start him and go. You know what? You give us the confidence to go. You know what? We're prepared to leave Brad Weber at home. And, and but the other side of it too is right. Is I thought I think we're getting Josh Lord's another one. You get an injury, you can't replace these guys, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you might be forced to make a harsh call and send someone home. Um. But it's nice to think that these guys are, are available, you know, and right there. Um, I've got to ask you, what would you do with Anton Leonard-Brown if he's available next weekend? Uh, probably get him he done, he's done his tackling course, eh? Yeah, he's, he's done, done his tackling course. He's, he's away. He's good to go now. They all do it. We never had the chance to do it on Goldie because, or well, myself personally, because I never tackled anything. So I never got close to getting near that course. But um, look, for him, I think, yeah, you give Geordie... Rico, another opportunity to get those combinations right and potentially bring him off the bench. Uh, what a luxury to have, you know, when you've got Anton that's played a ton of tests to come back and be a part of this team. My question mark for you, Goldie, and I'm, I don't know, I've got a lot of time for this bloke, and I just feel for him he's been hit with injuries at the wrong time. He's been grinding away for the last couple of years as David Harvilli. He's going to play for Tasman and he's going to have an opportunity to punch forward for this this All Blacks team. When you think of those names, and you've touched on it, Braden Enel's potentially going to go over utility factor can cover centre. There's no genuine other centre apart from Rika Iwani. Anton Leonard-Brown, Geordie Barrett. Is there room for David Harvili to be a part yeah. of that World Cup? I'd love to be, see him there. Oh, he's going to go. Uh, they, yeah. He's going to go. I mean, I think they've invested in him. They like what yeah. he brought. Uh, nice. I think they trust him. You know, I think he's a great competitor. I mean, he's, he's adaptable as well. Uh, he's, you know, like at the moment now, he's... Con- uh, well, you can take... you can Once again, it comes down to... You can take five because of this, you know, you've got 15. I mean, I'm picking an 18-15 split of the 33. You can take five, you know, and that's why... That's why that's why I come back to that Braden in or, in or Leicester Fahinganuku because I've got David Harvey going. I think, you know, it's that that whole you, you start looking at that other games, those other games, and who they play and how they play. So I look at that group, mate, and, and I'm, you know, there's see, interestingly enough, he, he, he rediscovered his form as Jack Goodyear. You know, all of a sudden, <laughs> he, he looked really good against Japan. He really yeah. did really look really good. You know, yeah. he looked really good. He found a little bit of pop. Um, whether it was the fact that it was nice and warm, he got out of Christchurch and his knees got warmed up. Maybe that was the maybe that was the play, you yeah. know. Um, but he got up into the forty degree heat and he looked really sharp, you know. So I'm not saying he's back in the picture, but I, I think it shows you the, the the margins between those two guys, you know, David Harvey and you know. That's why I'm saying this whole. If there's no opportunity, we've got two test matches left. Realistically, you know. Where does that leave David Harvilli? I think he's fine because they like what they've got. It's Lester Fainganuku, it's Braden Enor, it's it's those guys, it's Caleb Clark, um, it's Cam Roygaard, it's 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Damien McKenzie is at first five in that second flutter slow if we wrap it up next week in Melbourne, you know. So, I mean, uh, I, I don't see any other bolters. I don't see anyone else out of this conversation. We've seen, we know the guys, yeah. um, you know, and, and that's, I mean, surely they're taking David Harvey for you. Yeah, they are. They are. I, I just, I just, you know, it's hard to know where they, what they're thinking, Goldie, you know, like with all these players and there's a lot of question marks everywhere, but you're not Fozzie, we're not bloody, you know, Jace Ryan. So I just love for them to, to show what they're capable of. And, and David Hartbilly, for me, I've got a lot of time for him. He's, he's a good mate of mine. And I know how hard he's worked and what this would mean to him to be a part of this team. I hope just this little niggle that he's had towards the end doesn't disrupt him. He was very good for the Crusaders throughout the year. A big part of why they've been able to crusade for a very long time. So he'll be there. He'll be there. Just question marks at half back and particularly in the um in the outsides for me. I'd take Brad Webber, mate. I'd take Brad Webber all day, every day. You know, you got two experienced halfbacks there. If Nuggy goes down, I'd feel comfortable having Brad Webber there. If Nuggy went down, or oh, Aaron Smith and Finlay Christie Cambrogard, I'd be a bit uneasy, to be honest. Yeah, and that 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 and that's why I think we can feel comfortable. And Brad Weber played a test match last year and he did really, really well. Um, right, mate, before we go and we look at this and we look at this group, there's a lot of guys that's coming to an end, right? This will be their last rugby world cup. I'm assuming Sam Whitelock will be his last rugby world cup. Surely. Anyway, <laughs> you start looking at some of these guys and we've got players heading off overseas and you know, you mentioned the fact, you know, Leicester's going, Artie's going, Bodie Barrett's going. Some of these guys may be back in the future. Highly likely. Does that does that in some way add to their campaign? Does that give you confidence that they'll be playing at a, even a different level, knowing it's their last stand as an All Black? There's a reason why they've been to so many World Cups and been a part of so many Test Goldie. Is that because they care and they're competitive and they want to make their, their, their stamp their mark on on a legacy that they can be proud of? So I've got no doubts that these players will be ready. They are they are just absolute competitors right through and through. They'll be going there and leaving it all out there and absolute servants of the game. You know, like when you think of some of those names you've rattled off, it's going to be a a different year next year. It's going to be a totally different look when you look at it. But, hey, 2015, 2019, we've had class leave and players have come in and and made their mark. So, um, you know, one door closes for the old guys. Another one opens for these young crew coming through. But I've got no doubts they'll go over and and do us proud, mate. I cannot wait. Yeah, it's going to be be epic. And just before you go, you weren't the last cab off the rack, mate. It was... (laughs) Josh and he was going surfing. It was Josh was going surfing, and then I talked to Marcus and I said, "Marcus," and I said, "What about Izzy? Sure, I have a chat to Izzy." And he said, "Perfect, perfect," because one, he knew you owed me. You owed me a favour or two, and we're not quite done. But I tell you what, mate, always great to have a chat. Uh, enjoy a weekend and no footy, and I look forward to the Bursley Cup coming up. Cheers, bro. Awesome. Up the football first and go the wires. <laughs>